0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Twenty-one plus. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire one hundred and sixty-eight hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Hey, where else would you be than right, here, right
1: here, right now? Hey, 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 let's go Buffalo! Wanna Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan,
2: Nate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this post-free agency discussion. On all of the free agents that were signed this week, some contract extensions, some news within the division, particularly Tom Brady leaving the division, and uh, just a bunch of information we want to talk about this episode. Um, I'm joined here by my co-host for today, John. John, how's it going?
1: Going well, great, Nate. How about those Buffalo Bills? You dig?
2: Yeah. I, oh, I dig. I dig, buddy. Uh, we we were gonna talk. A lot about Stefan Diggs the Stefan Diggs trade, probably um, you know one of the most important, obviously signings in probably potentially the last three years of the McDermott Bean era. And we're going to talk about some other things. Um, obviously, all the guys that were signed this last week. Give a couple of thoughts on each one. But I thought it'd be fun if we took also took the time to do a little. I mean, just think about it. Everyone, for the most part, within Bills community is saying a lot of positive things. About This free agency period. I mean, we didn't lose a whole lot and we gained a lot of talent. And so I thought it'd be fun if after every, each one of these guys, because, you know, like every, every single tweet out there where 99% of bills, fans are positive or every Facebook thread or every, you know, every area on message boards, everyone loves something. There's always that one guy who doesn't like the move for whatever reason is always negative. Can't get past it. Has something trolling to say, so we're gonna say something trolling and negative about each one of these picks too, just to keep within that realm. Even though we, even though I'm, I guarantee we're gonna like each one of these picks together, but I think we gotta say something negative about each one. All right, we're gonna go, uh, you know, uh, Michael Scott style,
0: boom, roasted
2: for you know these players to, to say something negative about him because you know not everything's positive and you know there's a whiner line within each one of us. So, all right, let's start. First, before I even get into the Stefan Diggs trade and that discussion, I want to give a lot of props to uh Bruce of the Nick and Nolan Show for doing breaking podcasts after each free agent signing throughout this past week. I mean, the guy was just a warrior um, and did, like I-, I want to say, at least four podcasts of breaking news for each free agent that was signed um, every night, and Brandon Bean pretty much only did his work at night. So the guy's doing podcasts at ten, eleven at night on workdays. So um, you know, huge props to Bruce. He did an amazing job um, for the network and, and for and he he just always gives some really great insightful uh, perspective of of each of these guys and uh, and it's it's just a great it's, it's really good. Also I have to give a lot of props to the writers over at buffalorumblings.com I mean one of the huge one of the great things about the site is They have a free agent tracker. So they have rumors, um, actual free agent signings, stuff like that. They not only go into extensions, former bills that signed with new teams. They, they take care of all of that. So it's really great to have such a great staff, work with such a great staff that has all that information on hand. Easy. Matt and the, and the guys over there, BuffaloRumblings.com. Um, do such a great job of putting up articles daily and also tracking everything, contract details, you know, film analysis. I mean, they, they do everything over there. So I um, want to give a lot of props to those. But let's talk first off, John, about the Stefan Diggs trade that had happened. Now, oddly enough, you and I talked a couple of weeks ago. when We were talking under-the-radar wide receivers. We brought up the Stefan Diggs. You, you brought up a potential Stefan Diggs trade. And what would we be willing to give up for it? And you weren't so sure about a first-round pick. I was definitely okay with a first-round pick. Um, I said, you know, it's probably going to be a first and more. It ended up being a first and more. It was a first-round pick this year, a fifth-round pick this year, a sixth-round pick this year, and next year's fourth-round pick for Stephon Diggs and a seventh-round pick this year. But really, they, only, they already had two fifth- and, and sixth-round picks, so they only got rid of one of each of those extra picks. So... Kind of a wash there, not that big of a deal. I mean, if you lump in all those picks together, I think Matt h- had mentioned on the QA podcast earlier this week, that ends up being the 18th overall pick in the NFL draft this season. And the Bills obviously didn't feel like at 22, they could get uh, a wide receiver of that caliber, of a Stephon Diggs caliber um, within the first round, and they weren't willing to risk it. So they decided to trade for a guy that honestly didn't really want to be there, it sounded like throughout midway through this last season, people thought he was going to be traded. He ended up not being... There were were rumors of sightings at Duff's (laughs) earlier this year over Twitter, and he clearly was was ready. He was done. He didn't want to be there anymore. Uh, And uh, the Bills now have a bona fide, in my opinion, a bona fide uh, number one wide receiver. Um, This is a thing where the Bills have been looking to get this kind of wide receiver for a while. You cannot blame Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott for trying to get this guy over the last three seasons. I mean, whether it's been, like, remember, they traded for Calvin Benjamin their first season. They signed guys like Corey Coleman, cast-offs, first-round picks, Corey Coleman. They they drafted Zay Jones. I mean, there were rumors circulating about the Bills having interest in Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham Jr. So it's not like they haven't done their due diligence and tried to get a guy like this in the past, but they, but up until this point, they haven't, they've gotten a guy like this. It allows John Brown and Cole Beasley to take, uh, I think more effective roles and take a lot of pressure off of them to perform at a high level. And I, I think this, you know, this, this gives them that this bona fide number one wide receiver that they've been looking for. And I was really happy with his signing. And I was really psyched about it. What'd you think, John?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <clears> they're <throat> in all likelihood. I mean, There was a really great chance they were going to take a receiver with their first-round pick anyway. Diggs is a proven commodity. Um, Excellent route runner. um, Instant number one receiver for them. I mean, when was the last time they had a number one receiver? Was it Eric Moulds?
2: Would you count Lee Evans as a number one wide receiver? Or was he more of like a John Brown-like player, right?
1: I could go either way on Evans, I guess. I mean...
2: He was he was he was a good player. He wasn't he wasn't an Eric Molds for sure. And Stefan Diggs is you know he doesn't doesn't have the size of Eric Molds at all. You know very few receivers do, but he does. He's finally finally we have a receiver that's over six foot. You know in the wide receiving core, John Brown being five ten, Cole Beasley 5'8".
1: Yeah, and and Diggs plays bigger than he is too. He he does well with contested balls. Um, you know he's and he's also got like really good yards. Um. For catch, he you know, he runs a lot of deep routes and, and does well with that. And between him, Brown and Beasley, I mean, that's a really good trio to have, I think.
2: Yeah. Well, you and I were we were talking about our under the radar wide receivers. We really like Demarcus Robinson for his ability to get yards after the catch. Whereas this is something that Stefan Diggs excels at. And the Bills as a team were ranked second last in the league for yards after catch. So this was something that they needed to upgrade, and they upgraded in, in every single possible way. They got youth at the position because uh, er, Stefan Diggs is only 26 years old. Cole Beasley and John Brown this year will be over 30 years old. So you got youth at the position. You got a number one wide receiver. You got yards after catch. You got a contract that right now, and by the way, he was touted as a top 10 wide receiver, and this is coming from the uh, Vikings beat writer Chad Graff of The Athletic. Um, the, he, he called him a top 10 wide receiver. Now the guys, if you read the articles of, uh, of the, of the Vikings guys over the athletic, they're like, this was a good trade for the Vikings because you know, this and that, like they got a boatload of picks and this and that. And it was like, eh, you know, I, I, I think it was still, you have to say that was positive because they felt like he was on the, his way out anyway. But I mean, this isn't like, it wasn't like Stefan Diggs is a rental player. Like he's, you don't get him for a year and then you have to decide what to do with him. He has four years left on his contract. And this is a very, very salary friend friendly contract at this point at twelve roughly twelve million dollars a year. When you're looking at I mean, I was looking at contracts in like the top 15, 20 guys, you know, at the position, and they're making so much more per year than Stefan Diggs. I mean, just look at Amari Cooper. He got a five year, one hundred million dollar contract. That's twenty million dollars per year on average. That's almost twice what Stefan Diggs is making. And I and I you could argue that Stefan Diggs is potentially a better wide receiver than Amari Cooper at this point in their careers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I did I didn't even think about it like that. Um, I didn't know those contract numbers. That's that's pretty good deal. Yeah. Um I don't know if he's looking for a restructure along with the trade. Um, but with that many years left on his contract, that doesn't seem likely at this point, I wouldn't think.
2: Yeah. Well so so this is interesting. This is um, Something that that Chad uh, Graff from The Athletic wrote is he wrote, For the Vikings, Diggs had become one of their best success stories. He was drafted in the fifth round, a steal for Minnesota, which helped develop Diggs into one of the best receivers in the NFL. He's widely seen as one of the best route runners in the league and consistently is one of the best at contested catches, which is is awesome. In a weird way, perhaps, that's why it didn't work out for Diggs in Minnesota. For all Kirk Cousins' strengths, he rarely floats up 50-50 balls. Or puts it in a tight window for his receivers to make a play. That's where Diggs excels. And I thought that was a really interesting quote from um, Chad Graf of the Athletic, because I think that you saw at the end, if if anything was clear, it was that playoff game where Josh Allen gave Duke Williams 10 targets, and they were a lot, there were a lot of 50-50 balls that he that he left for him to to potentially go up and get. Now Duke only came down with four of those targets, but it showed that for the right guy, and hopefully this is Stephon Diggs, that he will put the ball up and let his receiver try to make a play on the ball. And that's something that I think Kirk Cousins didn't do, apparently, and that's something that Josh Allen, I think, you know, and that's something he needs to take another step in, is throwing receivers open and throwing up the contested catches like that. You know, I'm not talking about the contested catches against Patrick DeMarco and double coverage, you know, 40 yards down the field, (laughs) contested. You know, catches. I'm talking Stephon Diggs one on one against a corner or a safety, and uh, you know, putting it up there. You know what I mean, John?
1: Yeah, thanks for uh, reminding me of that play.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, uh, so he'll throw. Josh will throw it up to his fullback. You know, four years down the field, but you know, Stefan Diggs. I think, like I said, I couldn't be happier. You're getting a guy with four years left on his contract. That's ridiculous. It's such a, it's such a cost-controlled contract. And and you're getting him for the long term, and this is potentially, like you said, the best receiver the Bills have had on the roster since Eric Mould. So we both love the contract sign or the, the 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 trade. Do you think that the Bills gave up too much for him, or do you think that that was that was around what what they should have given up for him, and they didn't give up too much?
1: I think it's. I mean, I I, I think it's probably good for both sides, actually.
2: So we talked about. All the things that we liked about this trade. Let's roast it real quick. Um, this is something that Brandon Bean, if you think Brandon Bean, you're just going to get off this trade easily. You might get one year of this guy, and he's going to ask for a new contract. This reminds me a little bit of when the Bills traded for LaShawn McCoy. And again, I'm playing devil's advocate here. When the Bills traded for LaShawn McCoy, LaShawn McCoy didn't want to come here. It sounded like a great deal. And they ended up making him making him like the highest paid running back in the league within within that offseason, just to get him to come here. He's like, okay, I'll be here now. Well, well, gee, thanks, LaShawn. Thanks for doing us a favor. So it went from being a really good trade to a, uh we gave up a lot for that trade. So uh, Stefan Diggs right now is on a great contract. If it's not this offseason, or if it's not, he hasn't reported yet, maybe he doesn't report yet until he gets a new contract, because you know he can. Or maybe he waits a year. Eventually, he's going to need that new contract. And so all of a sudden, This goes from being a good trade to a not so good trade. Boom, roasted. So you know something that Bean and McDermott really have to worry about this coming season.
1: Wait, what? What did we give up for McCoy? Was it Kiko? It was just Kiko. Yeah, that 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 wasn't a bad trade.
2: Well, you, (laughs) he, Lashawn McCoy, (laughs) Lashawn McCoy was a good. Okay, it was a good trade. It was a good trade. But you're also talking he was like seven million dollars a year or whatever the case was when he came here. All of a sudden, you know, like with three years left on his deal. Now he goes to a nine million dollar a year player with five years left on his deal, so it would just it just ended up not being such. a... I mean, he was into what he was thirty one when he left here, the last year of his contract. He he signed a contract through through age thirty two, which is ancient for running backs. So I don't know. It was he, he did just win a Super Bowl. <laughs> Bowl. You are right, You're right. Good for him. He didn't he wasn't active, but he did just win a Super Bowl. <laughs> All right, all right. Uh, let's go. Oh, did you see? And you saw the uh, the family feud soundbite for Stefan Diggs, right?
0: Finish this phrase. Leave it. What? And name something specific. <laughs> Let some specific people. Put I got. outfit. <laughs> is, 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 is this real? Oh my god. <laughs>
2: all right let's talk about the the first let's talk about let's go from signings as to when they actually happened as far as time frame wise um let's talk about aj klein real quick we won't talk about josh norman because that's been discussed it was a couple of weeks ago at this point But let's talk about aj klein the bill's first free agent signing was aj klein formerly of the new orleans saints and formerly of the carolina panthers um he agreed to a three-year deal of eighteen million dollars, and uh, so this is this is ba- he's basically a linebacker that uh, that Sean McDermott worked with uh, from you know obviously the Carolina Panthers tree of players that the Bills like to pick from. Um, he is set to replace Lorenzo Alexander as a will linebacker, and uh, it's just this is this is just a position. I mean, luckily. He's only 29, a lot younger than Lorenzo Alexander was when he left, but you know a lot more tread on the tires. the The expectation is he's going to play that role where he's not going to get as many snaps on defense as he did in New Orleans. So this is a guy that just basically fills a role. He competes with guys like Corey Thompson, um, you know, Voshan Joseph. This is this is a guy who's basically the projected starter for the Bills at that um, strong side linebacker role, and uh, just won't have to play as many snaps as he did. In New Orleans, and I think this is a good signing. Don't have a lot of positive or negative things to say about this. Just fills fills a need. What do you think, John?
1: Hashtag championship.
2: (laughs) I will say though that the uh, the Bills, like as devil's advocate here, trolling comment for AJ Klein. I mean, this is a guy that's filling Lorenzo Alexander's role. Um, he is expensive compared to Lorenzo Alexander. I think Lorenzo Alexander in his last year was making like three or 4 million. This guy's averaging $6 million a year for the same role. And he doesn't play special teams. So, Hey, Hey, you know, like a little bit overpaying for this.
0: Boom. Roasted.
2: Let's go on to the, that wasn't a very good roast. <laughs> gonna be, gonna be honest.
1: It's not overpaying. It's just the, you know, the increase year to year, uh, pay increases, right?
2: Yeah. So it's, so it's paying more. Yes.
1: Anyway, just so everybody's, everybody's uh, salary increases.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Not that, that doesn't go good with my roast, John, but that makes sense a little bit. Everyone makes a little bit more money. Blah, 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 inflation. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, stop bringing logic into this this troll job, okay? Uh, Mario Addison, let's go right now into the one of the biggest, I think potentially the biggest free agent signing is... Former Carolina Panthers defensive end Mario Addison. Now, this was the second free agent signing for the Buffalo Bills. Addison has a deal for thirty million dollars over three years. So, this is technically, uh, I, it's almost identical to the contract that former Bills defensive end Shaq Lawson left the Bills for the Dolphins. Uh, to the Dolphins for thirty million dollars over three years. Uh Edison is going to be 33 years old in September. And um, he entered the league as an undrafted free agent. He kind of got a late start in his career and uh but he's but he's a leader in the locker room. You're talking about a guy who over the last 4 seasons has had at least 9 sacks and since 2013 he's averaged 8 sacks, 14 quarterback hits and 7 tackles for loss per season. So this is a guy who's who Basically, we were hoping Shaq Lawson would turn into. Shaq Lawson's never had above an, he's never had a nine sack season. His highest total sacks in any season was last year when he had six and a half sacks, which I will, I will contend that th- at least two to three of those sacks, he was completely unblocked for. I think we mentioned those in the post game recaps where although, you know, there's one game where Shaq Lawson had two sacks and I was like, yeah, but at least one of those, he was completely unblocked. Not saying it wasn't a sack. But at the same time, can you give him the same amount of credit as a guy that bends around the edge of the left tackle, you know, finds a way to get into the quarterback or makes a really good bull rush move as opposed to a guy that just went unblocked, you know? So so I was really excited about this signing. Sure, I'd prefer he not be 33 when the when the year starts, but he's already done more than Shaq Lawson is. His floor is where we were hoping Shaq Lawson's ceiling would be. So a one for one replacement. I like this signing. I think this was a great signing. I'm hoping that he can continue this, and this isn't a big. Uh, hopefully, it's not a big nosedive in his career from where he has been. What do you think, John?
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, Lawson was you know really solid against the run, but it was one dimensional. He can you know the the pass rushing wasn't quite there. Um, I think Addison brings that, and you know he's kind of. He's like you said, you know, he'll be good in the locker room and he's kind of like a stopgap, you know, he'll be there for a couple of years and they can draft somebody and, and kind of bring him up behind them.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It gives, it gives them time to draft somebody in the second, third or fourth round and, and have them develop behind them for sure. I, you know, that's, it's funny you mentioned about Jack Lawson. He was definitely better against the run than the pass, but you don't, if, if you had a choice between giving a guy a $30 million contract, a guy that's good against the run or good against the pass I mean which one are you gonna weigh more on if you if you have a choice
1: yeah I mean it's tough too because the bills obviously still need help against the run like still haven't been great against it so it's kind of hard giving up a player like that but I think addison is a little bit more can do a little bit more of both I guess if, if that yes. you know maybe he's not as good against the run but he can he's adequate but can still bring in a pass rush so maybe some of these other uh defensive linemen tackles that they brought in can kind of help more against
2: the run. I would I would all day rather take a defensive end that has the ability to rush a passer and is also good in, in run defense, but less good in run defense and pass rushing. So so it's like if this guy's, you know, if if Shaq Lawson is really good at, at run defense but okay at pass rush, like I'd rather take the opposite of that, which sounds like Mario Addison with a little bit of age. You know, so I think I think this is this is the guy that they would they were hoping that Shaq Lawson would turn into. So I like the pick. Um, If I'm gonna troll it, if I'm gonna roast it, um, the guy's gonna be 33 in September, guys. Like, what what do you think in signing a guy to a three-year contract and then like the guy's ancient? Like, what? Like, you guys are gonna sign old Carolina Panthers? What? Retired defensive end Julius Peppers didn't want any of that. You know, like what? You're not gonna pull him out of retirement at 44?
0: Boom
1: roasted. The stopgap.
2: All right, that wasn't that good. The 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 roasts are going to get better as time goes on. At least I can only hope that they will. So, uh, the next key signing for the Buffalo Bills was linebacker Tyler Medekevich. Mat- Medekevich. It's a mouthful.
1: That's what she said.
2: <laughs> the Buff- so, the Bills basically signed Medekevich Mat- as a linebacker and core special teams player. Um the guy basically led the league last season in special teams tackles with 16 special teams tackles. Um, in 2018, uh, he had 10 tackles on special teams, 2017. He led the team and had two block punts. So, I mean, he's 27 years old. The bills got him, uh, for a two year, $9 million contract. He's basically a special team ace. Like you're looking at this guy to, to not allow any, any touchdowns in the return game. So, um, if you're looking for a guy that's replacing, you know, the special teams added value that Lorenzo Alexander brought, you're looking at Tyler Matikovich, and uh, there's not a ton to talk about him. He is he is also the backup middle linebacker at this point for Tremaine Edmonds. So there's something that's something to note as well. Um, and and if you're wondering if he's a good backup middle linebacker, I will give you this this um, grade from the always reliable. Pro Football Focus group at ProFootballFocus.com. You, John, if you had to guess, <laughs> John just rolled his eyes right there. John, if you had to guess where Tyler Medikevich ranked in linebackers out of like the 100 linebackers or whatever they're on the league, what, what do you think, what ranking do you think they gave him? They liked him, by the way. What ranking do you think they gave him?
1: 93.
2: 93. <laughs> he had, he had li- literally 20 defensive snaps last year. He is the 11th ranked linebacker. In Pro Football Focus, he had seems like a small,
1: full size.
2: Yeah, yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you? Twenty defensive snaps, and you're giving him the so. There's literally like I, I'm trying to think of the best linebackers. Like Tremaine Edmonds is ranked. <laughs> Matt Milano is ranked behind Tyler Metcavage by Pro Football Focus standards. <laughs> Just in case you ever questioned the validity of uh, grades, um, he is the 11th ranked. So he should basically be starting then over Tremaine Edmonds, right? Based on that logic. All right. Anyways, going on, Buffalo Bills, the next free agent signing for the Buffalo Bills is defensive lineman Quinton Jefferson of the Seattle Seahawks. Now, this the reason why this is interesting is because this is the first major signing of the Buffalo Bills where none of the Bills' uh, major, uh, big, uh, at least the, the more important coaching staff members had coached at one point in their career because uh, there's nobody on the Buffalo Bills uh, defense at least a defensive coordinator defensive line coach or whatever that worked with the Seattle Seahawks so this is kind of an interesting signing from that point of view because up until then if you think about AJ Klein former Carolina Panther uh, Mario Addison former Carolina Panther Josh Norman former Carolina Panther like these are all guys that the Bills coaching staff has worked with but Quentin Jefferson is not so you talk about a guy that has a lot of versatility as defensive tackle. He signed a two year deal for, for I believe $18 million, $19 million. I can't remember. Um, it's not really reported right here, but you're talking about a guy that has a lot of versatility. And he, even though he's a three, four defensive end for Seattle's scheme, he, he played a lot of different rotations. And we're thinking that this is going to be the guy who is a three technique defensive tackle behind Ed Oliver. Now, I think this is this is something that could be interesting because I think he could play along at Oliver on the defensive line on passing downs because ESPN has this interesting stack called pass block win rate where obviously it's it's just, it's just like it sounds like how many times or I I guess you know the consistency which they can win a block on a passing down and uh, top 5 rankings were, were some guys that you've definitely heard before. You're talking Aaron Donald, right? Top 5 so the fifth best was Quentin Jefferson of the Seattle Seahawks and pass block uh, win rate right behind him. And number seven was Ed Oliver pass block win rate. So you're talking about a guy that they can fit on the defensive line on passing downs to get after the quarterback, along with Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison, which we mentioned earlier. So this 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 role, when you know it's an obvious passing down at least, has some potential to really get after the quarterback in four man fronts. So this is a guy who who uh, he started he. He started his career on the bench and over the past uh couple of years he started in 30 games. He had 51 tackles, nine tackles for loss, and six and a half sacks. So so this is a guy who could potentially, you know, bring a lot of, you know, when Ed Oliver is taken out or whatever during running downs or on passing downs, this guy can make a difference. And it sounds like a really interesting signing for the Buffalo Bills, especially one that wasn't a former Carolina Panther. And uh, just, just it's it's very interesting. I think this is this is one of those diamonds in the rough that the Bills tend to find uh, for a two year deal. If it works out, great. If it doesn't, it's probably something they can get out get out from within a year. John, you pretty much agree with those sentiments for uh, Bill's new defensive tackle, Quentin Jefferson?
1: Hashtag championship.
2: <laughs> well, thanks for that. So, <laughs> so if I'm going to troll this pick or this free agent signing, I'm going to say that this is a guy. That uh, he couldn't (laughs) after the Bills or after the uh, the Seahawks lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville, the guy wanted to go fight a fan, Ron Artest style, in the crowd, and he got so he got so far as like pulling himself up to almost the bleachers before he was pulled down by several security guys. Jacksonville
1: fan going at Jefferson, and you don't want to get there's security there, you don't want them to get involved and he's been ejected he should be headed to the to the locker room and they need to get somebody from the seattle staff yeah, so, to walk Quentin jefferson into the locker room. And, and look that somebody threw something at him from the stands and it landed on security needs get, security needs to take care
2: of this and it's like you know like brandon b what are you thinking man like this guy th- this happens in, in another another stadium you're talking about an all-out brawl
0: boom roasted
2: like, okay, I don't have a good roast for this one, okay? I don't have a... <laughs> this one's not so easy because I really like the the signing. And I really don't like Jaguars fans because if you've ever been on Twitter, like... I, first of all, Jaguars fans never show up for games, but they show up all over Twitter for some reason. So if I ever have anything negative to say about the Jaguars on our uh, Circling the Wagons Twitter account, like, they just come out of nowhere. <laughs> just They're just, like, the biggest trolls out there. So... Um, I really like this signing. I don't have a lot of negative things to say about it, except for the fact that you basically paid a guy as much as it took to, uh, as much as it would have taken to keep Jordan Phillips. So you're really banking on this guy being better than Jordan Phillips because right now um, you're paying him just about as much as Jordan Phillips. And the same thing with the Mario Addison, Addison signing. You're paying him just as much as, you know, you would have been paying Shaq Lawson if he kept him. So hopefully it works out for you guys. He's, right. just
1: passionate, mate. He's passionate,
2: Nate. He's passionate. He's passionate about a beatdown. <laughs> uh, the next, the next major signing was defensive tackle defensive tackle Vernon Butler, who is surprise, surprise, another former Carolina Panther defensive tackle. Um, he signed a two year contract for eighteen million dollars. Um, he turns twenty six this season. For, former first round pick, similar situation as with Jack Lawson. He was not given the fifth year option by the Carolina Panthers, but in his contract season. He had his best season to date. Um, He had, in his final season, in his last season with the Carolina Panthers, he started nine games, had six sacks, three forced fumbles, and 32 tackles. So, uh, you know, going along with this, he's basically, they're looking for him to potentially be the one technique role behind Starla Tule and Harrison Phillips. And I'm thinking that this is more depth just in case Harrison Phillips isn't completely healthy from his ACL tear last season, and I'm thinking they're thinking, okay, well, we're not going to get rid of Starla Lotulule. He's on. He's on the former former Carolina Panther Starla Lotulule. He's he's on the roster no matter what. Harrison Phillips is on the roster no matter what. Just it, it, they just they're just covering, covering all their bases, dotting all their I's, crossing all their t's, make sure that they have enough depth at defensive tackle that they can they can have someone. They have three guys right now at one technique, two guys at three technique. And uh, they're just they're just covering all their bases now with the the signing of Vernon Butler, and you know to be honest, the Bills signed former Carolina Panthers defensive coordinator and defensive line coach Eric Washington this off season. So you got to think that when they signed Vernon Butler and Mario Addison, they asked Eric, hey Eric, we liked them while we were in Carolina. Do they still have enough gas left in the tank to make an impact over the next two seasons? And I'm guessing that Eric Washington gave them the the okay on that before they made those signings. So what do you think, John?
1: Hashtag championship.
2: <laughs> I'm so glad I have you on this podcast to give <laughs> to give the best uh, the best insight. So um, the Bills re-signed uh, running back Taiwan Jones. Also, he was the last free agent signing as of the time that we're recording this on Sunday night. And uh, I'm, I mean, there's not much to really say about that except the Bills signed him to a one-year contract. He is a special teams guy. He helps, um, he helps them in that capacity. Uh, and he also is a backup running back for the Bills. So um, I, he's always had is- issues with uh, with injuries over his career. And uh, but you know, in the in the spot spots, he's he's had a chance to be on offense. He's shown something like there was that there was the uh, the play in the overtime. Loss that the Bills had against the Texans in the playoffs, where Deshaun Watson almost got tackled and or almost got sacked by Saran Neal and Matt Milano, and he ended up getting the pass off to Tywan Jones, who had the 34-yard um, reception and put the put the Texans in in position for the game-winning field goal. So you know, and there were, there was also you know somebody on the Buffalo Rumblings message board brought this up, which I'm so happy that they did. That they said they never forgot the uh, the game sealing first down run against the Tampa Bay Bucks that uh that he said this mentioned. This is from Kansas City Bills fan twenty four wrote that without that win we don't break the drought. So I love that. I remember Taiwan Jones from that play specifically for the Bills beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Orchard Park, which they shouldn't have won that game, but uh but yeah, they uh Taiwan Jones found a way to 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 make a first down out of nothing on that run. So anyway, th- there's not much to say about that. But uh oh did I did I roast did I roast the, uh, the Vernon Butler signing? No, I didn't. I got a roast of Vernon Butler signing. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. All right, here we go, here we go. Um, you've basically taken, you've signed three guys to replace two guys, Brandon Bean. You've taken uh, Vernon Butler, Mario Edison, and Quentin Jefferson to replace Shaq Lawson and Jordan Phillips. Congratulations, you have three guys to replace two and uh, about $10 million more in contracts this year.
0: Boom, roasted.
2: But that all said, I still like a lot of these signings, even though you know I had to criticize, I had to troll him a little bit in one way or another. So, first, real quick, let's talk about our Jordan Poyer extension. Um, This past week, um, Jordan Poyer got a two-year extension for twenty million dollars. But basically, it is a two-year extension onto his this this next season uh, into the contract. And you know, I mentioned with uh, Matthew Fairburn of the Athletic. Last week, that I wondered if Jordan Poyer would get his extension or not because Rachel Bush, his very famous Instagram wife, mentioned that the you know he expects to get paid and this and that. I wondered if Jordan Poyer was going to potentially sit out the twenty twenty season, but it doesn't look like he's going to. The Bills are going to keep him intact for the next this season and then the next two seasons after that. Uh, this was a guy that was completely underpaid in the contract that he signed when he came from Cleveland um, to Buffalo and it's good that he's finally getting paid the way he wants to. And I think it sends a message throughout the locker room that, you know, Hey, if you perform and you do well and you exceed your contract, that we will reward you. So is John, is that kind of what you thought with the Jordan Poyer extension? Did you like it? What'd you, what were your thoughts?
1: Yeah, you, you said it. Um, good extension. I mean, he's, you know, one of the, many hearts of the team and uh i just think it was good he's a good player
2: yeah it's really hard to think of a time that jordan poyer was out of position or really let up a big play you know him and mike he and Micah hyder are so good back there and uh you know i it's just I, the one that does come to mind is that the one touchdown against the baltimore ravens where it was, i think it was mark andrews the tight end like jordan poyer missed he bit on like a play action and Andrews was wide open and he got like a 65 yard touchdown, but literally that's the only one I can think of since he's been signed here to the Buffalo Bills in the last three the last three seasons. So, um, you know, again, a great that was such a great value signing for Brandon Bean, and I've been really happy with what he's done in free agency and in uh, the draft, obviously. So, let's talk real quick about Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson leaving, both signed um, three year contracts for thirty million dollars. Um, Jordan Phillips signed with the Arizona Cardinals. Shaq Lawson signed with the uh, Miami Dolphins. These are guys which I expect to be starters on the defensive line, whereas here in Buffalo they were not starters, and they had pretty decent seasons. Um, Not sure I trusted either of their last seasons as Buffalo Bills. Uh, They both had career years this last season, and I'm not sure if that was something that was sustainable or something that was scheme-based. By the Buffalo Bills, uh, I think their defensive line had a good year overall, and uh, I think that they they did well. I think they benefited from a lot of the scheme that went on, and uh, I'm okay with the Bills not extending them, and I'm okay seeing them walk on other teams. Obviously, you know I wish them the best. I, I enjoyed their time here. I think they brought a lot of swagger to the team, and I think they were good presences. They they both had a good presence within the locker room, but um, I I don't think I would have been willing to pay them. What they got in the open market? What do you think, John?
1: Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, uh, Philip, especially, um, he had a, like a really outstanding career year for him, and um, I, I don't think it was necessarily sustainable. Um, and then again with Lawson, as I said earlier, you know, I think he's he's really good against the run, but um, is not a complete um player as far as passing on.
2: Yeah, yeah, and you know, you don't want to sign one of those guys, you know, to I guess I worried about if we had shined Shaq Lawson to a to a three year, thirty million dollar deal. I mean Spotrack had him at like a seven million or around eight million a year contract for like four years. And and I could see getting closer to that seven or eight million dollars a year. But ten million for three years, it just seemed a little too much. I mean we already have one of those contracts already on the roster in trent murphy for a three-year 30 million dollar contract we already have one of those guys that's completely not performing to his contract do you want to add potentially another one to that mix you know i mean it's just it just screams a like possibly like a mark anderson like contract remember mark anderson when the Bills signed him we were like oh we're getting this guy that was you know potentially like i see shack lawson as that like the miami Dolphins signing him and then being like, okay, we got this guy at six and a half sacks last year, and then not realizing that like that's his ceiling. Like they're like, well, he didn't he only played you know forty percent of the snaps. You give him eighty percent of the snaps, and he's going to have 10, 12 sacks. It's like I don't think it really works like that, but um, you know, we'll see. Good luck to him. Good luck to both of them. Really enjoyed their time here with the Bills, and uh, you know, looking forward to. Uh, I wish them both well, except when Chek Lawson plays plays the Bills twice a year, then I hope he does terribly going to give a squish the fish. squish the fish exactly going to give a quick T public plug for our T public store
0: three words for you treat yourself
2: if you guys haven't checked it out we have a Yadig t-shirt for the Bills trade for Stefan Diggs um, it's a really cool design that our graphics designer for the podcast Nick put out um, it shows uh Stefan Diggs wearing the number 14 pointing and there's Yadig now the Yadig is from um, the Josh Allen tweet after stefan diggs got traded and stefan diggs retweeted that it sounds like he's on board man it sounds like he's really excited to be here hopefully and uh and you know obviously with that we we released a couple of new designs as well this another circle the wagons designs we have like four circle the wagons designs you know just to go with our podcast name circling the wagons we have a couple of buffalo versus everybody designs that we just released this last week and obviously our very popular um Josh Allen Jumping Over the Haters t-shirt. Sean McDermott Trust a Process shirt. Um, we just have we have like 30 designs now that are designs you can't find anywhere else on the internet. It's at tpublic.com slash stores slash CTW pod. And uh, you know, you can get them in, and unlike a lot of other t-shirt sellers out there, you can get any of these shirts in any color you want, any size you want. You want to get them in a t-shirt, you want to get them in a hoodie, you want to get them in a long-sleeve t-shirt. You want to get them in a tank top. You can do that, man. You're ready for summer, man. Suns out, guns out. Get yourself a tank top of Josh Allen jumping over the haters. You know, get ready for the summertime. Um, again, that site right now is tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. And there is a 35% off sale going on right now where you can get $13 t-shirts. So if you're in the mood, you want to buy some bill stuff, this is, we've had a lot of, I'm very surprised at how much people enjoy these designs, because you kind of throw them out there, you don't you don't know what people are going to think, and then you know they, we've got a lot of positive uh, response from people on Twitter, on Facebook, and uh, had a few sales since then, and really appreciate anyone that's bought them. So, again, that's stores, tpublic.com, slash stores, slash ctwpod. Now, the other big news is Tom Brady signing a deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. John, do you remember if that's a one- or two-year deal to the Tampa Bay Bucks.
1: thought i heard two but i I can't be sure
2: so i i believe you're right i think it's a two-year 60 million dollar contract or something to that effect where tom tom brady is officially you know i said this over twitter i'm not going to believe it's an actual signing until i see him in a tampa bay buccaneers helmet and i see some other quarterback with a new england patriots helmet by week one because until then i'm not going to believe that he's not in our division but you know, it was official. He I, they showed him signing the contract. Tampa Bay Buccaneers Twitter account made it official. Every, you know, it, it is official. Tom Brady is now not is no longer in the AFC East for the first time in almost twenty years. John, how exciting! Or or what? I guess what are your thoughts in general? Are you happy that he's out of the division, or are you kind of wish that we had another shot at him?
1: I mean, he didn't look very good last year. I mean, what if they end up with somebody better?
2: Well, right now they have Brian Hoyer, I believe. As their starting quarterback in New England, so uh, I think they're going to try to draft someone this season. But it'll be it's it's going to be very interesting because this is the first season that Belichick and Brady haven't been together. So this is a true test for each one of those guys. Is Brady really the same quarterback without the best coach in NFL history? And is Brady the best? You know, is, is he the best quarterback in NFL history without Belichick? And is Belichick? the best coach in NFL history without Brady because he's only had one season really in New England without, um, Tom Brady as quarterback. And in that season they went 11 and five with Matt Castle and they almost, you know, made the playoffs and, you know, Matt Castle, like we remember always seeing on, you know, stats on the game. He had never started a game since high school. So, um, he managed to take a guy like that and go 11 and five. So I'm really interested to see what the Patriots can do with that. And see if they can do this the same thing this season without Tom Brady.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I mean, the Pats did have a good defense last year. Still, um, I'm almost more. I mean, you know, they didn't have the receiver talent that they usually do, and I don't know. I, I think I do think the Pats are on a downward thing. Um, although I probably would say most of their success is probably more. Like, if I had to pick between Belichick and Brady, I'd probably say it's more so Belichick in the system that he was in. Um, I'm almost more interested to see how Tampa Bay does with – because, you know, Tampa Bay's got a lot of offensive power with, you know, the receivers and, and just that offense in general. I mean, it was a high-powered offense. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: Um, you know, I, I don't know if – you know, the only thing with, you know – comparing Brady with the Patriots for 20 years versus the Buccaneers. He's like 40, right? 40 something. Like Like, 42. I think he's already aging. So, I mean, if he does, if he fails, I mean, that's almost expected, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. So I'm just glad the Patriots don't have Jimmy Garoppolo right now. (laughs) They don't have like this guy that could easily be a starter. He he was I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo was on a super bowl losing team. I mean, he is, he is a legitimate quarterback and, you know now they have to find a guy or hope that a guy can- this is a really good test for Bill Belichick hey bill how good are you can you take brian hoyer to the super bowl or can you take you know a rookie to the super bowl like how good are you as a coach and you know if if I'm, i i guess i'm excited about this as a bills fan I, you know this is this is the time that the bills could potentially win the afc east for the first time in i don't know how many years and um but but there's a small part of me that kind of wishes that McDermott had beat Brady and Belichick once. Once before, you know, once together, because they haven't done it in the six times that they played against the Patriots, you know, while while McDermott has been here. And I always kind of wish that he had a chance to beat him, or that he actually did beat him, uh, beat both of them together, to say, hey, you know, we were better than them at least once with Sean McDermott and maybe even Josh Allen in that time frame, but unfortunately they weren't. Does that bother you at all, or do you, you not care?
1: No, I don't care about that.
2: <laughs> John does not care. Okay, let's get to a quick salary cap update for the Buffalo Bills. The Bills started with $77 million in cap space. They were top four in the league in cap space, and now they have roughly $26 million in cap space. So um, it should be interesting to see how they go throughout the rest of free agency. $5 million, roughly $5 million of that. Is left for draft capital, so now you're talking about like you know 22 million dollars or so. If you're looking at next season, the they have about 84 million dollars in cap space. So, but the thing about it, John, the way I see it is, if the Bills do need cap space for whatever reason, I mean, can't you just see them? They don't have to do it right now because um, because of the way that they don't they don't need to sign someone. I, I think at least at this point, worth that money, but. Couldn't you see the bills? The first, the first sign where the bills need any cap relief, they're cutting Trent Murphy, right? They save eight million dollars if they cut Trent Murphy. Like they're gonna, they're gonna do that, right? Yeah, if they
1: need to. Yeah,
2: I mean, that's the, that's the beauty of Brandon Bean. He does not need to do that, <laughs> so he can keep him on. If for some reason someone gets injured, you know, Mario Edison goes down or something like that, or maybe you know they they get into training camp and they see Daryl Johnson or Mike Love have taken the next spot or taken the next step in their careers as defensive ends they just cut Trent Murphy then. And they say that I mean, but it really doesn't make sense for them to cut him unless they plan on signing anyone because he this is the last year of his contract, so he's done. So unless because they can't roll unless they need to sign someone, they need to make room for a, a big offensive lineman. So let's go, let's go right into that. What is the biggest need that they did not address in free agency that they will either need to address in like if somebody gets cut in free agency and the rest of free agency before the draft or you know or in in the draft itself what position do you think that the bills the bills need to address in the in the rest of the offseason offensive line which is specifically anything or just upgrade in general
1: in general i mean obviously they've made strides this past year but there's still work to do um, aside from that you know they got digs and everything but you know drafting a receiver to you know receivers take a couple years to develop traditionally um be good to get another receiver, um uh, uh another running back for sure.
2: Yep. I'm surprised they haven't um, signed i I'm surprised they haven't signed a veteran running back to this point, aren't you?
1: Um I, I was kind of either way on it. I could see them going either way. Uh maybe they just draft somebody, you know, in the fourth or fifth round, I yeah. think.
2: Well they usually love to have their veterans in the room with these younger guys. I know Devin Singletary is not a rookie anymore, but they usually like to have one of those guys in in the room with younger guys at the position just to, you know, like when the, like when the bills traded everyone away and they only had like Zay Jones as a wide receiver, as a rookie, like they brought in Anquan Bolden. Like they don't like to have those guys usually dependent on to be the guy without, you know, some veteran presence. It appears not just like two or three years, like usually like five or six years, if it it feels like, like when the bills draft, the bills knew they were going to draft Cody Ford. They also signed you know, Tyne and free agency, knowing that they were probably going to draft someone at some point in the draft. Let's get some veteran presence there to either learn from or to, you know, ease, ease into the position. Like the, I don't know. It's the bills usually like a veteran presence. It appears in a lot of positions. So I'm surprised they haven't signed anyone, but then again, there are some guys still available on the market. Um, so I, I can see them still signing someone. So you said, she so said offensive lineman, you said running back. Who else? Cornerback.
1: Um, Let's see, uh, what did I say, lineman, running back, oh, receiver, um, defensive end still, I'd say.
2: Yep. Young defensive end. Young defensive end. Let's put that.
1: (laughs) Well, if they're drafting him, then he's going to be young, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. They don't need to sign another veteran. They definitely need to draft a defensive end,
1: yes. (laughs) Yeah, they mostly draft here.
2: Okay, mostly draft. Okay, Okay. because I was saying running back. I was thinking veteran, still free agent, but yeah, okay. Yep, draft defensive end you yeah, and quarterback and quarterback oh yeah dude me and you man you you convinced me over the years that the bills need to draft a quarterback every season it doesn't have to be a high draft pick right
1: no not no not at all
2: they just need to draft a quarterback i don't care if it's a 7th round pick like that's that's fine it can be a 7th round pick it just needs they just need to get a guy every year because guess what like if you don't then you end up in the position the bills have been in all like the 17 or 18 years before Josh Allen when they never drafted quarterbacks and they never ta- and then you know you look at teams that even have franchise quarterbacks and they still draft quarterbacks, you know, guys like the how many years have the New Orleans Saints been drafting quarterbacks behind Drew Brees, even though he's still, you know, just signed it. He signed another two year con- contract extension up until he's 42 or 43. <laughs> like they're still drafting guys just because, you know, hey, why not? Just in case, you know, you hit a lottery ticket, you can trade the guy, you know, outside your division, or, you know, he becomes the next guy. We don't know for sure if Josh Allen is the guy, so we should be drafting a quarterback every season. But that's lower on the list, I'm going to say.
1: <laughs> I Yeah, that's the end of my list, yeah.
2: So the Bills basically brought back the entire offensive line from last season. When they re-signed Quentin Spain, um, You know, left to right, they still have the same offensive line. I'm a little surprised that they didn't sign a free agent at some position to add depth, but I mean, if you think about it, they basically did with you know, taking Spencer Long's, uh, his club offer um, from being, what was he, an exclusive, rep? I don't care. He, he, they brought him back for another season. Uh, Quentin Spain signed to a three-year deal. They obviously like what he does. John Feliciano is back. Mitch Morris is back. Deion Dawkins is back. And Cody Ford slash uh, Ty Seki is back. I'm kind of surprised they did, either didn't re-sign Ladrian Waddle at offensive tackle. And, um, yeah, I mean... They were they were a below average offensive line last season by a lot of metrics, and I think that that kind of goes unnoticed a lot because they were so awful the year before. I mean, they were just terrible in 2018. So 2019, they're better, but that doesn't mean they're good. They're just less below average than they were the year before. So I think that they just need to they still need to upgrade that either with a second round pick in an offensive tackle or a guard or whatever you whatever you want. Um, I I feel like John, if you had it, just, if you had to guess, just throwing a guess out there and they took that second round pick, guard or tackle tackle tackle. I'm going to say tackle too. I think they have a lot less. I mean, if they, if they ever decide to make Cody Ford the right guard or left guard, or he becomes a guard, then that leaves that right tackle role kind of dubious after the season because Ty is only signed till this season. So, um, you know, it's interesting. I, Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, th- that's all I was going to
1: say. Yeah. Plus, like, it's easier to convert a tackle to a guard when you draft them than trying to go the other way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Good call there. Do you notice that the Bills? I, I I heard that this was a very good um, conversation that was brought up by the Bills beat writers on YouTube, where they were saying that this is a lot of these contract signings are within two or three years, which is basically the window that the Bills have before they really have to decide to give Josh Allen a big contract. You know what I mean? Like like isn't that interesting? If you think about it, with Super Bowl winners, like you either have it's almost like you either have Tom Brady or you have a quarterback on a rookie contract. And I think this is an interesting conversation because um, the Bills can spend in free agency because they don't have to a lot. Like if you think the 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 going rate is like thirty four million dollars or so for a starting quarterback, a new a new contract for a starting quarterback. And you know, the, the salary cap at least right now now it'll go up but the salary cap right now for the nfl is 220 million dollars i mean you're talking roughly roughly a seventh or an eighth of your entire salary cap is dedicated to one player so you think about the teams that have won Super Bowls as of late that aren't tom brady and bill belichick you're talking carson wentz with the philadelphia eagles on his rookie contract you're talking uh russell wilson with the Seattle Seahawks on his rookie contract, which he was a third round pick, so he's making seven hundred thousand dollars a year and winning a Super Bowl. I mean, think about how much free agency defensive talent, offensive talent you can add when you're playing, paying your quarterback under a million dollars a year. Now think about it after the Russell Wilson, you know, contract signing where he's making over thirty million dollars a year as a quarterback. The Legion of Boom dissolved. Like everything, the defense wasn't as good as it used to be. They, they don't have as good at wide receivers. You know, Russell Wilson has to do more on his own. Offensive line isn't as good. You know, you're talking about a team that was, you know, it's still a perennial playoff team, but they're not as much of a Super Bowl contender as they once were. So that window to win a Super Bowl might only potentially be the next three seasons or so under Josh Allen still in his rookie contract. Go Bills! <laughs> So we gave, we did some, we had some cool giveaways last week. We did a John Brown signed jersey. Uh, we did a Levi Wallace signed jersey over Twitter. Uh, we did a uh, the only the only winner that hasn't stepped forward is the winner for the um, Donovan McNabb signed football. So uh, if you haven't had a chance to leave us a review on iTunes, please do. Just mention us once anywhere in the five star review on on iTunes, mention any of the other great podcasts on the network. Also we know they do a lot of great work. So feel free to do that as well. And just mention us once just so we know that that you're in it and you will be available. You'll be eligible to win any of the many giveaways that we do on this podcast. I'm just spending money just 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 giving away all this cool stuff that I happen to find for cheap on um uh in these in these Bills auctions. So uh this new Donovan McNabb Signed football, uh, courtesy of the nice folks at Del Lago Casino and Resort, is AJ Tharp. AJ Tharp, if you uh, are listening to this podcast, email me, ctwpod at gmail.com. Send us a direct message over Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you guys aren't following us on all those platforms, please do. Um, it's a great way to keep in contact. I know there's a lot of people that only do Instagram, a lot of people that only do Twitter, a lot of people that only do Facebook or whatever. You know, Just follow us. We're on, we're on everything as of now. Um, I won't do Snapchat because I'm too old and it scares me um (laughs) for new technology. So I don't have Snapchat yet. We don't have that as of yet, but I'm sure, you know, maybe in the future we will. Um again, there's been a lot of people that have won things. I have not sent out a lot of those things, and I don't know if it's gonna happen anytime soon. I'm gonna hopefully do it this week because I have to make a run out to drop something off a UPS. So (laughs) maybe if everything isn't completely shut down in the entire uh, state and country, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll be sending those items out to you guys this week. I really appreciate uh, your guys' patience with that. I know Darren won a couple of things, and a lot of other people have won things, and I um, just haven't had a chance to send them out yet. So um, things are getting kind of crazy. Hope you guys are all staying safe out there, staying healthy, keeping your social distancing at a maximum. Besides your family members, obviously. And uh, man, this is uh, it's a crazy time, but. Hopefully this is a good distraction for you guys as Bills fans as we uh we talk Bills free agency. Now we're gonna focus our th- our uh focus everything we have on the draft now because you know what it's funny. I we didn't talk at all about the draft and mock drafts, players that the Bills could potentially pick up. And you know, this is one of the reasons, you know, besides laziness, I wanna say, it, one of the reasons is because, you know, the Bills trade away the first round pick. All of the mock drafts people did, all of the 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 thoughts and 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 write you know articles that people have wrote, written about the bills first round pick it's just like all for nothing now because the bills don't they don't have a first round pick and they don't need a wide receiver now so they definitely won't take that with the I, at least i don't think they will with a second round pick so um yeah yeah you guys all wasted that, all that time and all that thought on effort on that so congratulations no worries. we wasted no time and effort on it but now we can talk about it fully second round pick who are they going to choose third fourth round pick let's talk about it and we're going to do that from here on out so I'm lining up some interviews with some really uh, knowledgeable folks we might jump in I might have John and Mike jump in on a podcast to discuss it like we did today and go from there so appreciate all you guys listening so signing off for John championship, and for me Nate go Bills thank you guys for listening stay safe out there keep up those social distances and we'll talk to you guys again soon